This is a Federal News Network podcast. For the third time in five years, a court decision is opening up the door to major changes to multiple award contracts. The Court of Federal Claims weighed in on the controversial Rule of Two requirement, originally intended to help promote small business contracting. But it's now causing concern and confusion for how agencies should apply this rule to multiple award contracts. In his weekly Reporter's Notebook, Executive Editor Jason Miller writes about why this court decision is, well, worrying to some federal procurement experts. Jason joins me now with the latest. So, Jason, two court decisions in five years on the Rule of Two. (laughs) Let's review the Rule of Two itself first. This is something that's been around, Tom, since the 1990s. This is the concept that if there are two or more small businesses qualified to bid on a contract, the agency should set aside that contract for a small business. Now, generally speaking, the rule of two applies for all contracts under $150,000. That's the simplified acquisition threshold. But it can also be applied much more broadly that if an agency does some research and finds, hey, for this $5 million contract, there's at least two small businesses that are qualified, they should set it aside. So this has been a, a huge discussion point for years because, okay, does this apply just to full and open? Does this apply to multiple award contracts? What about the GSA schedules? What about the Veterans Affairs schedules? You know, they have schedules for medical equipment and medical services. And and what we've seen over the last 20 plus years, Tom, is a series of decisions that continue to kind of muddy the waters. For instance, so you had the discussions back in the 90s when GSA was setting up the schedules program, and they said the rule tool will not apply to the schedules. But then you had the Delix decision in 2008, where GAO reinforced the rule, rule to, to saying it does apply to task and delivery orders under multiple word contracts. Then you had the job, the Small Business Jobs Act of 2010, where they Congress tried to address this confusion to give contracting officers something they call discretion of when to set aside the orders under the rule to, to and when is it mandatory. And then in 2015, Tom, you had the Kingdomware case all the way to the Supreme Court. And this case said for the Veterans Affairs Department, Anything under the simplified acquisition threshold, so between $3,000 and $150,000, you had to set it aside if two or more uh, small businesses were qualified. So you have this long history of debate, and now this recent decision called Tolliver piles on top of it to add more, if you will, confusion or concern. And what happened in Tolliver? So the Tolliver case is very interesting for several reasons. First of all, it's an Army decision that just leaves your head scratching. So the Army set, you know, goes through the rule of two analysis. They set a procurement aside. They get two or more bids. They make an award to a small business. One of the offers who did not win protests. And instead of the Army taking corrective action and re-looking at their bids or or fixing it in some way, they canceled the contract and then picked up the, the, work and put the task order under a multiple award contract where there were no small businesses. So after they've decided that the rule of two applies, they just pushed it away. So it was a bad decision by the Army. But what the Tolliver decision basically said in the Court of Federal Claims was was reinforce this idea that multiple award contracts apply. You have to, if you rule two does apply to multiple award contracts. And I talked to Todd Overman, a lawyer and chairman of the government contracts practice for Bass, Barry, and Sims. And he said that this rule of two requirements in respect to multiple work contracts really does kind of reinforce this idea. He called it a big deal and a potential far-reaching impact in regards to the need to document the rule of two analysis. And, I, and I, other people I'm talking to also have similar uh, concerns about this, this court decision. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. So you're seeing signs now that vendors and agencies 
should be looking just to see how much of an impact this decision will have because they still have their small contracting, small business contracting goals. They've got to meet every year. Exactly. And agencies, generally speaking, have been doing very well in meeting their small business contracting goals. Yes, the government-wide goal of 23% has not increased in probably 15 years and probably does need to increase. But agencies are, are time and again, the government-wide goals are, are exceeding that 23% goal. They're still struggling with other areas like women-owned business and service-disabled veteran-owned businesses. But generally speaking, again, agencies are doing fairly well. What I'm talking to experts and, and what they're saying to me is, whether or not how, how the Government Accountability Office and how the Court of Federal Claims uses this Tolliver case as precedent for future decisions. And that's a big sign, according to one government contract, contracting expert who I talked to. They said, listen, Kingdomware is very much, and, and Tolliver have the same flavor, but, but, but Tolliver could be more expansive because Kingdomware only f- focused on service-disabled small firms and the Veterans Affairs Department. This really could be much more broad, again, all IDIQ contracts. So one of the things that they've told me was one thing to look at is how the Biden administration deals with it. We really don't know anything about the Office of Federal Procurement Policy. We really don't know who's going to be leading some of their their bigger procurement leadership roles yet and how they interpret the Tolliver case and whether or not small businesses begin to protest on the grounds of Tolliver and does GA, what does GAO do? Uh, one government contracting expert offered me a, a – um, Example that happened several, you know, 15 years ago that GAO always went in one direction. There was a case in the Court of Federal Claims and GAO came back and said, nope, going forward, everything's going to be this. And they they did a 180 degree turn because of the Court of Federal Claims. So these are some of the signs that people should be looking for to see how this impact of the Tolliver decision will have on multiple award contracts. All right. It's going to be an interesting one to follow because, you know, procurement's going to be picking up pretty soon and the budgets will be settled. But shifting gears for a minute here, Jason, you're writing about a big cybersecurity competition happening this week. Sounds like fun. This is the second annual President's Cup cybersecurity competition run by the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency at DHS. Now, the finals are this Thursday from 11 to 5 p.m., 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., uh, uh, and it's going to be online, so you can see it all live at CISA.gov. And what basically this is is the best of the best in cybersecurity across the government. So you have teams from the military, teams from civilian agencies all competing, and you also have individuals from both competing for pre-designed, if you will, games or capture the flag or very similar exercises to see who is the best. And they started out with 249 teams from across the government. They're teams of five and and then also uh, about 600 individuals all trying to you know, kind of take part in this in this challenge, and they moved on from phase one to phase two, or round two, and then now we're in the final round. And this final, it's going to be a fascinating competition. And Tom, these are just federal employees; there are no contractors involved, and it's a lot of military, a lot of civilian. It's it's a really good competition, really showing just the quality of people in the federal government, and especially when it comes to cybersecurity, which you know as well as I do, sometimes it gets a bad rap. Sure, and this is all taking place virtually, no doubt. Exactly. All virtually. Uh, they're all they're, They set it up that way, knowing that the pandemic was is impacting how you know, they can't get together and do the competition together in front of computers. Right. And who judges all of this? So it's judged by other federal cybersecurity experts, in this case, CISA, and as well as, as people from DHS. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a competition. So it's not like um, who did it better. But did you finish? the exercise and how quickly you did it and did you get it right so there's the metrics are fair the metrics are not based on you know i like tom better than jason it's it's based on you know 
did you complete the task and how quickly you did it and how well you did it. And is there an actual cup? There is a cup, yes. We, in fact, we uh, had a picture of the President's Cup last year when we covered this. It's a glass, if you will, statue of an eagle that, you know, they call it the President's Cup, and, and they they will award it to both the teams and the individuals. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Tom, one of the things about this that's really important is it's really focusing on skill sets that are in need of across the government, skill sets that are in short supply across the government, and so it's it's – getting people to think about things the way that CISA and DHS wants them to, to solve real-world problems for agencies. All right, go out and get that tchotchke. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure. Check out his notebook. It's now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.